all good? All right, all right. Hey, we are uh, right in the middle, well, kind of the first third of 21 days of prayer. And uh, our heart, our prayer is that um, God's really doing something in your life. And uh, sometimes it just takes setting aside some time. Sometimes it just takes a whole bunch of you going in the same direction. And God really shows up in that. And so I want to encourage you, if you uh, have not gotten on board with 21 Days of Prayer, if you missed last Sunday and you have no idea what's happening, uh, there are still 21 Day Prayer books available. Uh, The blue book, you can grab it. Here we go. Exhibit A. Blue book, you can grab. They're out in the foyer there. Please, please, please take one. Take more than one. Uh, We're so happy for you to do that. 14 days of prayer is better than no days of prayer, right? So let's do that. All right, we want to welcome you as well. If you're a guest, if you're visiting, we just want to say hey, and it's so good to have you here. So great uh, that you could come out. We just hope that you feel at home here. We are, as Adrian said, we're kickstarting a brand new series tonight called Leap. And uh, I get to do the first one, and I'm pretty excited about it. And I was sitting down actually thinking about this whole topic of leap. And uh, I was just thinking about my life and some of the leaping I've done. When I was 13, I did a skydive. 13. That's a solid effort, eh? 13. 12,000 feet out of an aeroplane. My poor mother on the ground. Uh, when I was about 17, I did a bungee jump. That's, um, how many, hang on, I've forgotten how many metres. 47 metres off a bridge, down toward water with a rope tied around my ankles. I'm 35 years old now, just. I cannot even bring myself to do a cartwheel. <laughs> like, what is up with that? And has anyone, as an adult, tried jumping on a trampoline recently? Like, what is up? with growing older and jumping on a trampoline. It's, it feels like your internal organs are jumping too. Like you're gonna do some permanent damage. If you are under the age of 25, you have no idea what I'm talking about because your body, your body is still on the incline. That's all gonna turn soon, don't worry about it. You will go on a downward spiral and then try jumping on a trampoline, man. But what is it? What is it about getting older that all of a sudden stops us from feeling like we can take the same leaps that we used to in our younger years. What is up with that? Is it like a fear? Is it that there's some negative past experience that we've had? Is it worry? Is it the unknown of what's on the other side of the leap? Is it risk awareness? The fact that that front part of the brain is now formed and all of a sudden we know what consequences are as a result of a leap like that. Is it our need to control? Or what if it's the what ifs, you know? Like what if I do that and what if that happens? Then what? What am I going to do? Both of our boys are involved in athletics and we were recently at the Auckland Athletic Championships and Judah was running in it and we were, I was watching on the far side was watching pole vault go on. There's some like older athletes doing pole vault and Judah and I, Judah was fascinated with the pole vault. Is that a girls only sport? I've only ever seen women pole vault. We must just be better at it, eh? Hey, Joanne? <laughs> I reckon, yeah. But I watched these girls, it was only women that I could see pole vaulting, 
I watched as they were pole vaulting and I was, that, have you ever thought about what it takes to pole vault over a thingy? Like you have to run along, I don't know what the other, the bar. You're running along with a gigantic stick. Like this stick is like three to five metres. I did my research. It's at least three point something, at most five point something. Three to five metre, enormous stick. Like, I don't know if I could even do that part, let alone the next part that comes. You're running along with the stick and then you have to spike it into the ground and allow the stick to launch you four to five metres high over another pole and then land down on the other side. Like, who does an activity like that. That is ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. You know, it fascinates me, this whole jumping thing. I, I, I remember, I used to do high jump when I was a kid, just at school, it was one of my favourite ones. So I quite enjoyed it, so I do it often. And as I said, the boys do athletics, so we're down by the high jump quite a bit. And I can remember walking up to the high jump thinking, I could do that again, you know, like, I was pretty good, I was all right. Like, I wasn't like in any kind of coaching or anything, but I was all right. And so, so I kind of just, I didn't really like, no one was around or anything. So I just kind of like approached the high jump thing. I'm just like, ooh, no, okay. You know what, have you ever tried to do this as a grown up? Ooh, okay. <laughs> like that's scary <laughs> to even just a jump over a bar that's a metre tall. It takes focus. It takes momentum. It takes speed. It takes trust to take a leap. It's that moment when your feet leave the ground and it's just you and the air. For the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at this whole idea of taking a leap. And we're going to be looking at a few different areas of your life. But the area that I've actually chosen to look at today and some of the principles that I talk about tonight, we'll cover the rest of the series as well. But I want to take a look at taking a leap in your walk with God tonight. It's the moments in life where you are operating, where you operate just outside of that comfort zone. You operate in that area that's just a little bit out of what you're comfortable with. It's the moments when you simply have to take a run up and leap. For many of us, when it comes to our walk with God, we have stepped into our comfort zone and we've stayed there. Yeah? We've stepped into a zone that's comfortable for us, a zone that we know, a zone that we feel safe in, and we've stayed there. And there's room to move. Like we can take minimal steps here in the comfort zone. This is like the known zone. This is like coming to church and sitting where you know. It's like talking to the people that you know. It's like listening to the speakers that you like. And, and reading the books in the Bible that you like, the verses that you like, the ones you prefer as opposed to the ones that like, make you feel really uncomfortable. It, it's this, in this zone, we, we pray the prayers that we like because they're the safe prayers. The prayers that keep us nice and safe and comfortable inside our comfort zone. But can I remind you tonight that we serve a God of more. We serve a God of more. And unfortunately for us and our comfort zone, the more is generally placed just outside of reach, right? 
the more that God has for you is placed outside of our reach. I actually, as I was writing this message, I went back to look at the last message I'd written here. And on the 10th of November, 2019, the last message I preached at the 5 p.m. before we went on a three-month break, I was trying to convince you to take a step. Well, I've come back in 2020 and I'm not asking you to take a step. I'm asking you to take a leap. Because some of the more that God wants you to experience is not in the step, which actually still can keep us in our comfort zone. It's in the leap. It's in the leap that takes us out of that place. God has got more for you than you are experiencing. He's got more for you than you know in your life right now. He's got more for you than you can see. But the more is beyond the comfort zone. It's a gear up, lean in, run for it, all in, feet off the floor. If this doesn't work, it's gonna hurt kind of leap. That's what we're talking about tonight. And I wanna ask you this question, when was the last time you took that kind of leap in your walk with God? When was the last time you took a leap that scared you? When was the last time you took an all-in, lean forward, gear up, run for it, feet off the floor, if this doesn't work, it's gonna hurt, leap. Because it's gonna take some things. It's gonna take, there's a few things I'm gonna tell you tonight that it's gonna take to take that kind of leap. I mean, this is the kind of leap that Peter, Steve reminded us this morning, that Peter took when he stepped off the boat. That was a gear up, lean in, You know, feet off the floor, if this doesn't work, it's gonna hurt, literally, I'm gonna sink. (laughs) Kind of, when he stepped off the boat, it was an all or nothing kind of step, kind of leap that he took. So I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna take tonight. Just got three things. The first thing, it's gonna take obedience. It's gonna take obedience to take that kind of leap. It took obedience with Peter when Jesus said, come, I want you to step out of the boat. That was a moment where Peter had to make a decision of obedience. And the Bible is full of Scripture, like absolutely riddled with Scripture about obedience, about obedience and blessing, obedience and fruitfulness, obedience and favour, obedience and faith. They go hand in hand. The more that God has for you is directly connected to your willingness to take a leap of obedience. I think it's a telltale sign that you are stepping out in obedience. If, if it weren't for God telling you to, you would be running in the other direction, right? If it weren't for God telling you to, you'd be running in the other direction. You know that's a step of obedience, right? I can remember when we were living in Whangarei, I was standing on the platform and I was promoting our Bible in Schools program. And we were doing a call for teachers. And I was up there doing the, like, I mean, this advert was just sublime. And as I'm up there on this, this was one of those promotions though, that I said, you should do it, but I'm never gonna, right? This one, one of those advertisements where I was like, you guys would be great at it. You would never see me caught dead teaching Bible in schools. Well, obviously, Holy Spirit knew what was in my heart. And I honestly, one of the most strongest leadings I've ever heard, felt God say to me, while I'm promoting it on the platform, you need to sign up for Bible in schools. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to. 
But I did it because I'm a good girl. I didn't enjoy it. Sorry, this is not a great promotion for Bible and schools because we always need more Bible and schools teachers, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'd love to stand up here and say that at the end of that season, I was like, yes, I'm going to do it again. But I wasn't. I was glad to see the end of it. I mean, I had to take my toddler with me every week. And majority of the time, he was down the back of the classroom finger painting everything. Like this was like, it was traumatic most weeks for me. But you know what? That season taught me something. It taught me to, to, to explain the gospel in a simple way. It taught me the importance of turning up even when it sucked. <laughs> it taught me to serve. It taught me the importance of preparation. It, it taught me about childlike faith. It, it taught me the value of every person in the church fulfilling the gift, the call, the passion that God's placed on their life because I sure as heck ain't gonna do it. Acts of obedience, they're usually scary, guys. If it's not scary, I question whether it's an act of obedience because it's usually something you don't feel like doing. They are definitely not not within the vicinity of the comfort zone. But as much as it is something that you do not want to do, God presents them to us because while He knows it's something you don't want to do, Oh, He knows it's something you need. He knows it's something you need. Your leap is going to require an act of obedience. Number two, second thing, it involves risk. It involves risk. Forgive me if you've heard this story, but it's, it's a good one. You know, you'll see when I wrap it up, you're like, nah, good one, Bex. But when we moved to Auckland, um, we moved back down from Whangarei and um, we came back down with a small amount of savings in our bank account. Savings that we were gonna put towards buying a home in Auckland. But while the Auckland housing market was skyrocketing and our savings were just ticking away, slowly ticking away, God began asking both Steve and I on separate occasions to give all our money away. It happened slowly at first, we were unawares. We were very ignorant of what God was doing in our life. It would be like an offering that we would decide, we would stand together and say, yep, that's the amount we feel comfortable giving. And then God would say to both of us individually, okay guys, now double it. And then there'd be moments where we were out at dinner with like a table full of people. And God would say, okay, cool guys, pay for it. Right? And slowly but surely, that amount of savings that we had in our bank account for our house began to get less and less and less. Our savings began to dwindle along with our hopes of buying our home, but we knew that it was God who was spending it. We just knew it was Him that was spending it. And we really felt like He was saying to us, this is not gonna happen your way, it's gonna happen my way. Trust me, trust me. He was asking us, to take a leap. He was asking us to get out of what we knew, to get out of what felt safe, to get out of what felt comfortable and to take a leap, a gear up, lean in, run for it, all in, feet off the floor. If this doesn't work, it's gonna hurt, leap. We didn't know what the outcome would be. 
to give all your money away and still turn up to auctions and bid on houses, that's risky, folks. We didn't know what the outcome would be and it didn't make sense to us at all until our bank account hit zero and we discovered that there was a clause in KiwiSaver. Some of you are gonna thank me tonight for this knowledge. There is a clause in KiwiSaver that we didn't discover until this moment stating that even though we had previously owned a home, another story, another time, even though we'd previously owned a home, we had no large assets and not a lot of savings, thank you, Jesus, we were eligible to become second home buyers in the same position as a first home buyer. Wait for it, which meant that we were now eligible to apply and receive all of the money we'd been putting into KiwiSaver for the last 10 years, not knowing, like, expecting just to get it out at retirement because we thought we'd already used, we'd already done the first home thing, made us eligible to receive a, a way larger sum of money from our KiwiSaver than we ever had in our savings account, as well as receive two different grants for buying and building as first home buyers, which enabled us to place a deposit down on a house and purchase our now home that we own without one cent of money leaving our own bank account. Church, we bought it with God's monopoly money. (laughs) Psalm 116 says, He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Psalm 119 verse 133 says, make my steps steady through your promise. Leaps always involve risk, but risks are always worth it when God is orchestrating the outcome. Risks are always worth it when God is orchestrating the outcome. We never could have written that story. We never could have worked all that out. His promise is that He keeps our feet from stumbling and it keeps our steps steady. It involves risk. And the third and final thing that your leap is gonna take, it's gonna require you to be all in. It's gonna require you to be all in. We took our kids to Disney World on the way home from our sabbatical just recently, like just two weeks ago, like as in like this time, three weeks ago, we were in Disney World. Uh, Now, I get really sick on roller coaster rides. In fact, normally I feel sick at the sight and smell of a roller coaster. I walk into Rainbow's End, I'm like, oh, I feel nauseous already. So my normal pattern, my normal habit is to walk in, go, oh, I feel sick. Oh, those rides look really scary. You guys go ahead. I'm gonna sit here. I'll watch you guys do it all. I'll cheer you on. I'm totally okay with it. Happy for you guys to go on. But it's just feeling a bit too, like this is uncomfortable. So you guys can go ahead and join in. But as we were nearing Disney World and I was kind of contemplating how I was gonna approach this, I realised that I would be missing so much and maybe never ever get back there again. The amount that I would be missing if I didn't make a deliberate decision to go all in and stay all in. So guys, I went all in. I mean, I went the whole nine. 
I bought the Mickey T-shirt and the mini ears. I bought Steve the T-shirt. I bought the boys the T-shirt and the ears. I mean, like I lined up for over, for hours and hours for rides. I mean, I wasn't just taking myself all in. I was taking the rest of the family all in. I went on all the roller coasters twice. I lined up for all the autographs with or without my children. I'm getting that autograph. I'm getting that photo. I went to all the souvenir shops three times over. I went all in. You see, your all-in attitude can determine your level of experience with God. Your all-in attitude can determine your level of experience with God. Our last little um, bit to get home, the very last leg of our journey to get back to New Zealand. We were at an airport in America, and it's all a blur, I can't remember which airport we were in. But we were trying to get from one terminal to the next. In order to get there, we had to catch a train, and um, like a tube. And we were approaching the train, and the doors started to beep. You know the, the doors are about to close, beep? The doors started to beep, and Rocky and Steve are just ahead. So they speed up and jump on the train. And I jump on the train and I turn around. I'm going to have to do a double turn because you need to see me. I turn around and I see Judah standing on the other side of the platform as the doors are closing. And in my head, I'm thinking, crikey, what would I do if my nine-year-old son was left at the platform at the other side of the airport in America? So I'm standing there. He's like, he's hesitating. He's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. I'm like, what do I do? The doors are closing, the doors are closing. I've got a suitcase in either hand and a a backpack on my back. So what do I do? What every good mother does, I shove my head in the door. (laughs) Don't ask me what my legs were doing. Some of you are looking at me like, you are crazy. (sighs) I put my head through the door and I grunted that thing open and Judah walked on the train. I was expecting an applause. I turn around to look at the other people on the train expecting that they'd be like, whoa, heroic moment from a mum, like one of those car lifting off the child moments. They all just were like, what the heck just happened? Now let's forget about my moment of... um, heroic action for just a moment. Where did he go wrong? Where did he go wrong? He hesitated. He second guessed. He was in, he was out. He was in, he was out. And if you've been on any trains, you've got to know that unless you are all in, unless you don't hesitate and you just go for it on those underground jam-packed trains, you are always going to be the one standing on the outside watching everyone else move forward while you miss out. I think we do it too often in our walk with God. I think we fail too often to go all in because we hesitate. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we hesitate. We see it a lot at church. We see someone come along and they're all in. And you can see it. They're joining every team. They're turning up to every meeting. They're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then something happens in their life and all of a sudden you stop seeing them. And a couple of months roll by and that little, little drama sorted itself out and all of a sudden they're, they're back. And it looks like they're all in. They're joining every team again, second sign up. They are going to all the events and they seem like they're all in and then something happens in their life and back out. 
what an all in, what it means to be all in, what a leap requires in the all in mentality is it means I'm all in all the time. All in means I don't hesitate. I'm not in and out, in and out, in and out. I'm all in all the time. I'm not stopping mid-jump. You'd see a pole vaulter stop mid-jump. That's gonna hurt. It goes bad. It goes bad. You've got to go all in through the difficult seasons, through the easy seasons, through the season when it feels like God is there and for the seasons when it feels like He's not, through the seasons when it feel, when we need Him and through the seasons when we think we don't actually need Him. I'm all in. I'm all in. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. And as the team come, join me. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully, fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Listen to this. I wanna tell you something. When you act in obedience, taking a risk, knowing that the outcome, knowing, not knowing the outcome and you go all in with your leap, it will always result in an increase of faith. It will always result in an increase of faith. And it always results in the more that God has for you. When you take a step of obedience, when you step out knowing the risk and not knowing the outcome, when you determine, I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to hesitate in this walk with God. I'm going to go all in. It always results in the more that God has for you. What is that leap that God's asking of you? What is that thing you know and have known for a wee while that actually you need to do and you've kind of just been avoiding it, you know? You've kind of been la, 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 not listening. What is that thing that you, you're not doing because you're kind of scared? It's scary to step out and do that. What's that thing you've been putting off and putting off and putting off? Maybe it's, um, maybe it's getting baptised. Look, conveniently, we've got baptism service next week. I didn't plan that. But maybe you've known for a while, maybe you're, you've been walking with Jesus for a while and your next step is clearly to be baptised. But for some reason, you just haven't done it. Maybe you're scared because that, that means you're going all in. Maybe you're worried about what people will think. Maybe you're scared to ask your friends and your family to come to church and watch you. Maybe, maybe you're scared because you know that as soon as you step up there and you make that kind of declaration, there ain't no going back. That's an all in. That's a, that's a leap of faith. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian like for a long, long time and you've been in a small group for a long, long time. But if you were really honest, and I don't mean this like as in you're kind of thinking you're the bee's knees, but if you were really honest, you've sat there so many times thinking, I could lead this group. Leading a small group, that's a leap. That's an all in. There are some mature Christians in this room who have spent way too long in a small group when you could have been leading it for years. You gotta go all in. It's a leap. It's a leap. Maybe for you, it's praying for someone. You know, those moments where you, maybe, you know, like maybe someone you know, maybe it's someone you don't know. And you just feel like, oh, I need to pray for that person. Like they tell you that they're sick with a cold and you think, well, we could pray for that, but you don't do anything about it. Because that's like a step of faith, right? That's like a, a leap. That's like a, an obedience thing. That's putting yourself out there to say, I think 
God could use me to heal you. But what if He doesn't? Well, that's the risk. That's the outcome we don't know, but that's where the faith is built. Maybe it's fasting, 21 days of prayer. Maybe you've never tried fasting before. That's a leap. That's a leap because that's putting yourself out there and saying, God, I'm gonna give this up and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna meet me in this. But what if He doesn't? Well, that's the risk. But that's what a leap is. That's where the faith is built. Maybe it's giving financially. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been coming to this church for a long time, but you've never given in an offering. That's a leap. That's a leap because it says, God, I'm gonna give you this, trusting that, look, my finances are gonna be okay and and this isn't gonna affect anything, but also trusting that that, that what He says is true about fruitfulness and blessing and seeds and planting and sowing and all that stuff. It's a, it's a leap. Maybe for you, your leap is actually gonna be to come to heart and soul on the 26th of February. Maybe you've never been to one of those because that's for the happy clappies. That's for the really intense Christians. And they're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit and they're gonna be speaking in tongues and that just seems a bit too much for me. That's a leap. It's a leap. But remember what I said about leaps. It's always met with the more that God has for you. Maybe it's joining a team. Maybe it's turning up to an early morning prayer meeting. Maybe it's praying for something so big, you don't know how it can be done. That's a leap, right? Steve, last year, he had a list. He didn't tell me to a few months after the list started, but he had a list of 10 big prayers and they were big prayers, impossible prayers. He had them. And this year I sat down and I thought, hmm, worked for Steve. I'm going to try 10 big prayers. And the first thought that came into my mind was, oh, you don't want to do that because what if they don't happen? You write down these 10 prayers, you get to the end of the year and not one of them is done. Oh, that's like embarrassing. (laughs) Even if it is just between you and God. But that's the leap. That's the risk. That's the step of obedience. There's one last leap. And that's the leap of accepting Jesus. That's the leap of saying, God, maybe this is your first time in church. Or maybe you've been in church a lot of times, but you've never actually taken the leap. It's the leap of saying, God, I'm actually going to try this thing out. I'm actually gonna try this God thing. I'm actually gonna put some trust in You. I'm gonna maybe give up some of that stuff and try and focus my attention on You. Perhaps for you, the biggest leap you need to take right now is to take that leap of saying, God, I want You to be the Lord and the Saviour of my life. I'm gonna ask every person in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, God created every single one of you. I believe that with everything in me. And He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. And He created you out of love. And He created you to exist in relationship with Him. But the way this world works is that sin entered it. Sin is just a fancy way of saying the wrong stuff, the bad stuff, the stink stuff we've done. The stuff that is away from God's ways. And that stuff has separated us from that relationship with God. But God didn't like that. 
And he didn't want that to be the end of the story. So he did something incredibly powerful 2,000 years ago. And he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. And he paid the price and he bought our salvation. And he bought a relationship for us with God again. And the Bible simply says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. And so tonight, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And I wanna encourage you, if you're saying, Bex, that's me. I need to pray this prayer. I need to get my life right with Jesus. Maybe you've been walking, you were walking with God and you've turned yourself away from Him and you know you need to come back back to Him. Maybe this is your first time in church or you've only come a couple of times and you've never made that decision, but you're saying tonight, my hands are sweaty, my heart is beating and I know this is something I need to do. Then I wanna encourage you, pray it in your heart. I'm gonna pray it out loud. You pray it in your heart, but I want you to mean it. Make it your own, like really mean it. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank You that You went to the cross for me, that You took the punishment that I deserved for the wrong in my life. I turn to You now. I give my life to You. I choose to trust You with it. And I ask that You would come, be my Lord and my Saviour, I choose this day to live for You, in Jesus' Name. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you to take one more, I'd usually say step, but I'm gonna say leap tonight. I'm gonna ask you to take a leap. And in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And I would love for you to commit to putting, lifting your hand. I'm gonna count to three, and then I'd love for you to raise your hand just so I can see it. It's like a step of faith. It's like a commitment to the process. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave, take a risk. One, two, three. If you pray that prayer, why don't you lift your hand right now? Say, Bex, count me in on that prayer. Awesome, down the back, I can see you. Awesome, on the side, there's two on the side here. Anybody else you're saying, Bex, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I'm taking that leap tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank You for every life transformed and turned around for You tonight. I thank You that You can take something that's broken and You can make it whole. And I thank You that every single one of those people who lifted their hand and prayed that prayer, Lord, is now being celebrated in the heavens as they experience new life, a future and a purpose in You. In Jesus' Name. Come on, church, would you celebrate everything that God has done? Can we thank Pastor Bex again for his